This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Prepare to get caffeinated. BJ, great to have you on the show, man. Thanks, good to be here. I, I, I Fuck you. <laughs> I remember coming in here like, what was it? Uh, night before last to stay the night and whatnot. And I looked at this and I was like, damn, I wish I would have brought gel blocks. Yeah. <laughs> the, all the sound deadening and stuff. Oh, now you, you could get some actually ballistic testing in. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Ideal, you're like a, but a basement, a lot of soundproofing. Yeah, I can shoot firearms. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's where he goes. And if I get passed through, it's not really a big deal. <laughs> We're in the basement. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. fences out there. It'll yeah, stop around. It'll catch be fun. It, yeah. Not with that 10 mil. Uh, not with hard cast 10 mil. That goes a long ways. Yeah. Well, how the hell you been, dude? I've been really good. Just yeah. like, you know, placing. Well, racing I, mean, I mean, this is this is this is a special episode. I mean, it's a Black Rifle Coffee episode. It is. Podcast it episode. Is. And we're announcing you are officially under the Black Rifle Coffee banner now. Wow. No more, no more green bad guy, huh? No more, yeah. no more green <laughs> no. bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, it was it was good to be with them for you know the time that that I was, and I mean, sh- you and I talked for a long time. We all talked for a long time, and he used to send me a subscription since the birth of the company, which mm-hmm. I always appreciate, and I always want to talk about and try. To, I try to help like as as much as I can. But I'm supposed to only drink, you know, at that time, I'm supposed to only yeah, drink. Yeah, that's in the past. The future and the present the is yeah. you're on Team BRCC. I've always loved. You have a fucking loved. kick-ass truck. We, yeah. We're so excited. The truck looks crazy TV. cool. It's oh like, what God. about the design in that? Let's talk about that. It looks awesome. It's definitely more suitable to like, you know, my lifestyle <laughs> and stuff like that. I could never really talk like, I've done, uh, you know, uh, concealed carry defensive tactics, you know, and a, a lot of a variety of uh, of different training with a handgun and I'm pretty good with a handgun. I'm pretty fast. You know, I can shoot four rounds in under a second from concealment, which took me a lot of work to do. But um, I never really talk about that that much, you know, under that right. claw banner, which was really frustrating. I would always get phone calls like, hey, listen, you know, you need to calm it down. Guns are bad. Guns are bad. Which was really aggravating. I remember when we were at the airfield and you were kind of looking around like, is it cool if I like rip some rounds? Like, yeah, we're in the middle of a fucking desert in Texas. Yeah, there's a range. Yeah. 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 You're like, I looked at the You were kind of like, I can do this? Oh. Yeah. And then I think when we uh, sprayed the the trophy truck with the um, casings from the minigun and the little oh bird, you were like a kid God. in a candy store, dude. You had wow. your camera out. It was it was an exciting moment. It was quite for a me. smile on your face. Oh, yeah. from ear would. to ear, it was like a waterfall of brass on the trophy truck. I was like, I'm home finally. <laughs> <laughs> I was stoked. Yeah, yeah a bunch of gunheads cool. that yeah. uh, you know. I mean, you you've you've seen and done so much when it comes to racing. Uh, and it's awesome because like we were talking last night for, I don't know, at least a couple hours. So we were talking about like ballistics and managing fear and the, you know, psychology of high adrenaline events, you know, yes. whether that's like racing a truck or shooting somebody like they have, they have parallels. <laughs> they have parallels. <laughs> they're, they're, Imagine they're parallels. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool that, that, you know, we kind of share like the same skill set of compartmentalization of fear and catastrophe management. This is like... But, you know, for those of those of you that are watching that don't know, like I have uh, 
uh, well, most people that f- follow me and most most people that know me know that I was in uh, I was attacked with my girlfriend in a parking lot mm-hmm. a year and a half, a little over a year and a half ago. And an asset to solving that problem was the compartmentalization of fear and kind of, uh, you know, putting off uh, panic or compartmentalizing that and waiting to to find a solution to solve the problem. And it's nice that, you know, through motorsports and almost killing myself 5,000 times, I've been able to develop that skill and that I kind of have that skill with you guys. You know, obviously you're... You got it from different for different reasons. You guys signed up to to go uh, to go to war and to and to fight battles and stuff like that. So you develop that from people trying to smash you every day, and I'm trying to smash myself over the last twenty years. And I don't think a lot of maybe people I, I knew to some extent, but you are a full on like weeb nerd when it comes to ballistics and yeah. everything. Like just chatting with you yesterday, and we've we've had plenty of conversations, but like how like. Your 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 loadout in your magazine, like what kind of ammunition you're carrying, and stat. You just you do some really cool stuff, and it's it's really interesting to hear why you do it, and then the fact that actually you're testing rounds and the ballistics, their penetration on what level of arm. You're like, man, this you think through this like more, like you're the one percent of the one percent on that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, you're yeah. A, you're a great resource for knowledge, at least in your own personal perspective and what you've done. And I think it's a really cool thing. It's very educational for me, honestly. No, I I appreciate it. At the end, at the end of the day, it's vehicle dynamics. Whether you're in the vehicle or it's you know something else, you're trying to st- uh, stabilize or stabilize the platform that is propelling a projectile, and the projectile is obviously also a vehicle, and you're trying to get it to do X, Y, Z. I have a different loadout for. Like magazine, you know, load out for uh, for my house for when I travel interstate, mm-hmm. and then I have a different magazine that I have for, like, you know, if I'm in a shopping mall or somewhere where there's a lot of people, I've gone, you know, full nerd on all that stuff and done a lot of research, a lot of testing. I tested. Uh, I can either confirm or deny, and I will uh, deny that I've been testing in my kitchen for <laughs> <laughs> for the last year and a half, probably two three days a week. It's yeah. a lot of denial. It's a lot. It's a, a lot, lot of denial. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of denial. Fine. We're fine. Gunshots are not that loud after like 2 a.m. I know both my neighbors, they never said anything. Yeah. Which, <laughs> that's never happened. No. If it were to happen. If it were, I imagine neighbors wouldn't say anything. Yeah. This isn't the best segue, but whatever. I want to go back to when we did some uh, content and a video shoot at the airfield and the the razor like i we didn't we haven't talked about this yet but yeah. that shit like what you do in a vehicle is something like a normal person like me like when that's happening you're going we're fucked we're all going <laughs> to die and what he was doing is he's taking a razor right it's a four seater uh-huh. razor and the canam i believe right no or, no it's polaris polaris yeah, polaris. Polaris. polaris my bad my bad and you just whip it up on two and be riding it and you feel like you're in a constant um fall but yeah. somehow we're not crashing and it was such a mind fuck where <laughs> i trusted you of course but like physiologically everything that my body's been conditioned over the last 35 years is going you're gonna fucking eat the pavement dude you know and <laughs> it was just a really bizarre experience for me and i wasn't like scared it was just uncomfortable because yeah you're not used you were to, on the like, high side uh, my face was right next I to know. the yeah, JT could touch the ground. <laughs> yeah, <you're> just... <laughs> we happened was... to break it, but that's okay because I think we did it like 700 <laughs> times. Yeah. yeah, I was burning up the hubs. Actually, like the thing that was really, really hard 
is like the last two takes, the hub was broken. Yep. So the 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 front wheel was like going like this, and I had to put it up on the bike while the wheel was like this and steer the hell out of it to to try and keep it up so that you can. And I like you know, the, I like because Jared was there too. He we landed back after we broke something. BJ just kind of gets out, kicks the tire, goes. Ah, we should be good. Like, you didn't really, you didn't really, test really anything. check anything. <laughs> He's gonna kick the tire, but no, you're a professional. There was grinding sounds going on. The tire wasn't what we were concerned about. <laughs> well, we had to, we had to get the shot, and it was already broken. You can't break it again once it's broken. Right. Like, you know, so I was like, all right, let's let's see if we can get this done without it ripping the whole. But that off. uh, that rewinds us back to you know. You came on board with us a few months ago, but you were heavy into, you had to go into a race and then back into testing, back into a race, which is why, you know, this has been delayed up, yes. up to this point. So now mm-hmm. you've completed two races, though, under yes. under our banner. Yeah. What has been the reception in the truck community of you showing up with this thing? Yeah, they are, you know, like looking at this whole thing like cross eyes they're they're blown away that you know uh black rifles involved and they that you guys have grown enough to be involved in a variety of of different motorsports and uh reception has been great everybody's like really excited they're super super excited i've gotten so much love over social media from this especially from you know i have a lot of followers that are, are veterans and and most of my friends are veterans. A lot of them are uh, SF guys. So they've been like super, super stoked about it. They've been super the, happy. The motorsports cool. community is one of the few that I've ever seen that like when somebody brings in a new sponsor, they celebrate it. Yes. But, and, I, and you don't see that in other realms, you know, like in skateboarding, when Ryan Sheckler brought in Target and like mainstream, all the skateboarders shunned him when they didn't realize like this could legitimize the sport, bring bring the contests up higher because more money's being pumped in. So yeah. he got, he got kind of like castigated. Jealous. Whereas like in motorsports, when you bring in a new brand, everyone goes, oh, oh, oh yeah. They all, they all kind of like, like kind of high five you because you're keeping this thing alive. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. They, they oh, like all the top drivers that I'm like super tight with and I get in battles with back and forth. They were like, whoa, you know, at the time, you know, when I left, when I left Monster, they're like, oh my God, what, you know, what is going on? Are we, are we going to see him back out? Like they called me and they're like, right, bro, what's up? What's going on? Are you out? Like, we don't want you to be out. We like, you know, getting in ve- vehicular fist fights with you. Please <laughs> tell me, you know, you're, you're going to continue. I'm like, yeah, I can't really talk about it right now. And they're like, well, well who, who are you going with it? And, and I'm like, I'm, I can't, the only thing I can say is, uh, you know, uh, all these guys are really good guys and uh, they're willing to die for you and me and they've proven so uh, in, in previous years and they're awesome. So uh, I can't wait to share that information. I'm just stoked to be a part of the sport. Like it is so cool to watch because it's so out of my knowledge or my realm of knowledge that it's just, it's bizarre. I can't wait to get to a race because some of our guys have been out there and they, you know, um, will like FaceTime me and they're just like giddy little children watching the, the trucks just whip by as fast as possible. Yeah. Wh- how fast are you going on some of those those courses? Like high hundreds? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the best example that uh, that I can give, everybody knows what like a, a Ford Raptor is. It's like, you know, the best handling production vehicle that you can go buy. A lot of people have them. Evan, you got one. They're, I think they're fantastic, uh, fantastic vehicles. Um, but like, you know, through my test section, uh, a regular truck, like a, a, a you know, a diesel uh, solid front axle truck or like any kind of like a TRD Toyota, whatever that you go about 
16, 17 miles an hour through my test section. A Raptor will go like 22, 26 miles an hour through my test section. If it went, if it tried to go 40, it would explode. And my truck goes 116, 118 miles an hour. <laughs> so gnarly. It's more about trying to get more traction and trying to keep it from skipping around so it's more aerodynamically efficient than it is having to slow down for the bumps. So it's, I can't wait to take you guys for a ride. I can't oh, wait I either. Can't wait. I have a bet that Evan would actually be good at driving it. Yeah. Because you freakishly picked up the boat and started whooping everyone's ass in the boat within your second try. Yeah, but I, I think that's, there's something that's that's different to that, which is it's water, yeah. you know? And I have like zero fear of water. And I, I, I can't say that I don't have fear of speed. It's just hitting solid things at high speed. That's, you know, what so I don't try to avoid. Thing. Water's it an ever-changing surface that's at that speed. It's solid. You know? Yeah. What were we doing? A hundred? You were doing over a hundred. Yeah. So, I mean, on the water, it was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Like racing is really fucking fun. Oh, like yeah. I think if I were younger, right? Like back, if I were back younger, kiddos. <laughs> no, I love it. Like it's, it's one of those things where you can concentrate all of your energy into the one thing. I don't get stress. So to your point, we were talking about this last night. We were talking about like stress inoculation and stress. Like I just focus on the task and I don't give a shit. It's kind of like, and I don't know if I've compartmentalized it or if I'm just so focused on the task that I've already rationalized it. In my mind, I've already rationalized, which is if I rack, it's not a big deal. I'll deal with it then. Like I'll deal with it then. It's not a big yeah. deal. But just like I, in the boat, for instance... I kept telling the throttle man, like, pin that fucking thing. Like, pin it to the ground. I'll tell you when you need to let it up. But don't, fucking, <laughs> but don't, but don't let up. Like, just pin it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll throttle it back from there. Don't worry about it. So within a few laps. I don't know. I, I think trucks would probably be different. I can't imagine I would be any good at it. I love it. It's fun. I mean, you, you took the rally pretty quickly. It's fun. I will yeah. crash that Anything truck in two fun. seconds. So do not let me drive. I will be driving yeah. in the passenger seat. So <laughs> things that take years in order to be um, confident and competent in doing, there's no way for somebody typically to step in and be good at it. Like it's like not 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 a not a human. It's not humanly possible. Like a lot of people think they're good shooters, and then you step out on the range, and then you step out against somebody that's got you know point one two splits on the fucking seven yard line with a sub second concealed draw and you're like oh never mind i thought i was good but no I'm yeah not. yeah not uh, really I, I actually had like years ago i had a professional uh drifter out von gint jr he's, mm -hmm. he's one of the my old teammates but um and we were going to do like trade in places content this was a long time ago and uh first i was going to drive uh his car and he was going to drive my truck you know my truck around a test loops 13 miles and then his car, like, around a track. I was like, okay, come out and drive my truck first. So he's like, okay, cool. And we bring the truck out, and um, he's like, okay, you know, let's go. I'm like, no, 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 you're driving. Like, wait, you're not going to, like, take me for the loop and then, and, then, uh, and then let me drive? I'm like, no, 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 you drive, you know, I want you to learn and get a feel for it, and then I'll take you for a loop. Because if I take him for a loop, then he'll oh, see, yeah. like, oh, yep. this is easy. Because it you know, it looks easy. Like if he was going to take me for a loop in his drift car, I'd be like, okay, this doesn't look that hard because he's done it a billion times. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so I, I let him drive it, you know, going up the lake bed, he's going 120 miles an hour. And then exiting the lake bed, he's, you know, going like 65, 70. And he was doing a good job for somebody who's never been in it. But, you know, when 
when I took him for uh, like the lap when we traded places and I took him in my truck, then I'm like 139 off the lake bed. And instead of slowing down for the bumps, I'm more concerned about getting as much traction because I know even though the three and four foot bumps, uh, I don't have to slow down for it. It's more of an issue about connectivity of the ground to keep it going 136, 140 miles an hour, you know, whatever. Right. So I'm going, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour faster in each section because I understand how close the line is. You know, the, the difference between going fast and being efficient and being upside down and on fire is a very, very thin line. Right. So, <laughs> so he was, he was actually like shocked at what it would go through at the speed it would go through. Cause when he's driving it, like through my test section, he's driving it like 65, 70 miles an hour. And he's like, man, this thing is amazing. If my truck is going close to as fast as it's supposed to go, it's all over the road. I mean, it's right. bouncing, you know, and cause you're constantly yeah, you're, off uh, the uh, ground. Uh, 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 but if you just commit and just try and control it and make sure that, you know, you don't step out, then it's instead of just so once uh, once he was able to see that he was like blown away and he's he's a really good driver he's a really really good driver but I wanted to make sure that he was well within that line right. so that's you know we're not upside down, upside down yeah exactly preferably not what you do preferably not it's yeah. not that fun how have you driven other like have you driven like a NASCAR in a, a you know rally Formula One have you driven other cars and I I don't fit in Formula One. I, I sat in Formula One. The right. steering wheel is like this. You know, oh, all yeah. the Formula One, one drivers, just, you know, they're they're pretty small guys. They're like jockeys. They look just like jockeys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I have driven. Uh, I have driven Robbie Gordon's uh, NASCAR. I have driven a stock car. Car of tomorrow. He was testing for. I want to say Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And Robbie like beat the hell out of everybody at road courses because these guys are all used to turning left for years. Yeah. And Robbie came from former or not Formula One IndyCar, um, so he used to beat the hell out of everybody. So I got to drive his. Uh, they call a car tomorrow at the time because it had spoilers and stuff like that. And that was really crazy. You know, I stalled it six or seven times coming out of the pit <laughs> because it's you know it's only got four speeds and first gear will go 120 miles an hour. Whoa. Um, so it's geared, it's, it's got, basically it's got like, you know, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and, you know, first and second are gone. It's geared really, really tall. So that was fun. That was cool. I got to go 190 and 190 miles an hour at, uh, Atlanta, I think it was Atlanta raceway, um, on their road, road course. And then, uh, yeah, to answer your question about rally cars, they're awesome. Rally... Trucks don't turn that well. Right. Like race trucks don't turn that well because of the dynamics of how they have so much suspension travel to work. So in order for them to work in the really big bumps and ditches and stuff like that, they have to be really loose. So they're really difficult to turn and manipulate and rotate and stuff like that without getting them upside down because they have so much body roll when you turn left or turn right. Rally cars, they do exactly what I asked them to do. Right. They are awesome super awesome they don't go through ditches at 75 miles an hour but they turn really well what's that like though from going to from your truck to the nascar for instance you know a race car like that like does it is it so much different that you're not appreciating it or is it this is fucking cool is it in in an odd way it feels exactly the same really 
it feels exactly the same. It is a very refined and honed in instrument dedicated to one purpose. Um, just like, you know, my, my racetrack, my racetrack, you know, the best way I can explain how weird it is, is it's the only race car in the world. <clears throat> it's the only race car in the world that doesn't accelerate very well. It doesn't like to change direction or corner very well. It's not very good at it. It doesn't like to, it takes forever to slow it down. So why is it so special? Why is it so cool? Well, it doesn't have to really slow down for much. There's not much that slows it down. <laughs> so it's basically processing bumps, ditches, and stuff like that, and making right. sure, you know, you can use all of the suspension at all times. So it's really cool. Yeah. In watching some of the stuff that you put out, how far have you jumped that? Like, what's the longest that you 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 know of? Um. I almost held the record for indoor jump, but mm -hmm. uh, I ran out of budget to move the ramp and we were on a time constraint for Tacoma. It was going to be like $60,000 to like, you know, push the ramp back another six or seven feet. I think I'm within like five or six feet of the indoor record. So second place, first loser for, for that. But um, like for that big jump in yeah. the Tacoma Dome, uh, we originally had budget to do like a mock jump in Elsinore and get all that figured out. But somehow, you know, that got cut from the budget when they didn't tell me. And then they, when I showed up, they're like, this is, you know, this is the, the ramp and we're going to do this on the last day. I'm like, good, because I'm terrified of it. Because the ramp is like huge and I'm supposed to hit this transition at how fast? Are you serious? Why didn't we get this stuff done in, in Elsinore? So... That was a one shot, one take thing. And it was, was fortunate that it was perfect. Like it didn't even hit the, it didn't even bottom out or hit the bump stops on landing. Really? On the takeoff, it hit him really hard. Really? Like, like I weighed 2,500 pounds, you know, on the take. I was so mad because I had stunt coordinators and really, really smart people. And they're like somewhere between 67 and 69 miles an hour. And my truck in 346 feet on pavement will barely get going that fast, even though it's got, you know, 800, that truck had about 850 horsepower. So I had to have a perfect like drag racing launch to get right. there and record my speed in first gear on the chip, like on the rev limiter. I, I did that with the, some law enforcement guys that were super cool in, in Tacoma. And the GPS like is the only speed you know, recording thing that I have. And it takes, you guys know from, from doing the boat thing, it takes a couple seconds for it to upload and yeah. get the speed. You're accelerating yeah. the whole time. So I went off the ramp, according to the GPS, I went off the ramp at 59 miles an hour. So that's Whoa. unnerving. Yeah. If, I, if I come at, you know, at less than like, I don't know, 67, then I'm going to hit the front of it and yeah. it's going to suck. Or I'm going to go overshoot it and possibly compress vertebrae or break my back. So... Um, I got it, uh, I got it the first try I had wheel hop and the, you know, it's really aggressive asphalt. Uh, the second, second try, I just lit the tires up. So I'd turn around and do it again. And then the third try, uh, I got a good run up the ramp and slowed it down. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, fiance and my son were watching at the time. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified because I had no practice to do this. 190 foot 
jump indoors, indoors in the Tacoma. And you can't see it like going up to it because, you know, from like low light tactics, you know, like looking in from broad daylight oh, and yeah. going into something that's not properly lit, you can't even really see the ramp. You can see it in the video in the in car where I'm going in and it's like all dark going into that. So I was like, fuck, dude, I'm more afraid of not doing it in front of my son than I am of getting hurt. So get the fucking drones in the air and turn the fucking cameras on. We're done. <laughs> what level of confidence are you going to that? Is there like a, a sense of like 10% of just send it? Because I feel like you, you can make all the calculations, but there are so many like dynamics there where you just kind of have to trust your driving and the, the equipment and the ramp and go, guess this is the one. And just kind of like bite down on the mouthpiece and go. Yeah, I, I wish I had a mouthpiece at that time. It was really, uh, it was really terrifying. But like I said, you know, my son was watching. He was a little bit younger at the time. And I was more afraid of like, dude, I'd rather go to the hospital than have him watch me not be courageous enough to compartmentalize fear and, and get this done. And it, it ended up being perfect. When I went off the ramp, I hit the stops so hard. And I, I did have a significant level stops of adrenaline. Kind of bottoming like out. Right? So like audience, bottoming yeah. out. Oh, right? yeah. The bump stops. I remember going off the ramp. And I was in, I had 10 minutes of flight time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I yeah. was like, you know, you know how yeah. it goes. Well, I had adrenaline dumps. So what was only like, a, you know, a few seconds was it felt like 10 minutes. I remember going off the ramp. And I was like, I'm so furious at the stunt coordinators. I was like, this was way too fast. If I don't have to go to the hospital, I am going to like throw them out the window. I'm so mad. They got this so messed up. And, and, but they were perfect. I, I went off like this and I thought that I was going to go through the building. <laughs> Just kept going like up ceiling. and or like get hooked on the lights. Oh, the top. I thought I was going to the moon. And then, uh, and then like about halfway through, you, you can see it in my face because you see like the in car and I'm like, and then aerodynamically, there's no more turning force on the ground. I'm not getting any more grip on the ground. So there's no more turning force in the air. And it just went and kind of slowed down. I was like, oh, okay, I think we're good. All right, I don't have to murder anybody today. And then, and then we got the uh, we got the shot, and it was perfect. I just turned around, did some donuts in front of the the, the last guy that was going to get the last shot. Right, and it was good. It took me a minute to calm down. I mean, you hit so yeah. you hit the landing just without even like the suspension. Greased it, yeah, just greased it. And I thought even if I did grease it, it was going to go and right. hit, like super hard. But the takeoff was harder than than the landing. It was really pretty scary. <laughs> we're going to watch this thing. Yeah, the amount yeah. of control you have with that. I remember uh, when we were at the airfield, you didn't tell us and you came burning in at like, I don't know, 40-something miles an hour and then just do a 180 right into us. And it looked as if the truck wasn't going to stop. And I'm like, BJ Baldwin just killed me or just crushed my entire legs. And then you stopped <laughs> like a foot away from us. And I was like, that was pucker level a thousand because there's nothing I can do. You said, or do don't move. move. Yeah. Don't yeah. move. And after don't that, you're move. like, well, you know, and then you said, don't move. And I'm like, all right, I'll just trust you. And yeah. then, yeah, you would. Don't move. And it's crazy to see that truck coming in that fast and he whips left and then just goes and circles that 180 and stops, you know, essentially at the front of that table to you. Well, the weight transfer is so violent. It looks because like how much, how much movement do you have in those, yeah. in those shocks? Because well, 24, 
five or 26 inches of travel in the front 30. So when he hits the brakes, that whole body goes forward and then he hits the gas. So, I mean, it's like violent in front of you. (laughs) And it looks like it's going to roll over every time you turn. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. That's that's probably something that you were like, what in the hell is is going on? Like it looks, plus that particular surface for that airstrip is really grippy. It's really abrasive, which to do the 360s there was actually... I was like, okay, make sure the butterflies are open and you got tire smoke because this could just tumble if if you let off the gas. So that, yeah, even like sliding up to you, to you guys was, uh, I had to pay more attention to it than I normally do because of the grip factor. Right. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, it ended up working out. It was cool. That was a fun day. <laughs> that was <laughs> super fun. It was. Little birds flying around. Oh my chasing God. Chasing so It was cool. a good day. So now though... What what do you want to do to push to push it? What are, what are we yeah, going to do? What are we going to do? What are we what's your do? dream? You know, um, he has a dream, and it involves you know launching Priuses into the air. But what's your dream? I like that. Um, <laughs> I love racing. I love making awesome content, and, I, and you know, I love uh, my particular chosen field of motorsports and being able to convey the performance of what you know we're able to build because it's so amazing i always say like nobody really knows what uh, a trophy truck is capable of until they get out of it you know if they've gone like up the block and they've gone through a a ditch big enough to fit a school bus in at 85 miles an hour then they're like like the people that have taken for rides they are scared when they get in they're terrified and they're terrified you know as soon as i shift into second gear and then they're not scared anymore. They're like confused. They're like, how is this happening? This doesn't make sense. Like right. that bump right there would make my truck explode and I didn't even feel it. You know, so it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to take people for rides that are like terrified and then they're just like confused for 15 miles of going 118, 125 miles an hour. Do you just hate driving a normal vehicle instead of the trophy because it's it's so much more limited in its capabilities? You're like, oh, gas mileage is better. Yeah. yeah, gas mileage yeah, is better. Yeah. You get about, you know, you guys are burning like jet fuel in that thing, right? Uh, close enough. It's uh, 118 octane leaded late model plus. It's, you know, motors 13 half to one compression. Um, yeah, it's like driving a normal car. It's different, but I, I try to stay away from that. The car I drive every day makes about a thousand horsepower, so that helps. Oh, yeah, what, there you, go. you drive a Porsche, right? I do. I yeah. do. I drive a nine one dot two twin turbo, uh, well, Turbo S, right? Um, with the uh, Toyo R triple eight R's on it, really grippy tire. They only last for like five or six thousand miles because they're such a soft compound. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Stock, it would go, it would go two hundred and fourteen miles an hour. I don't know how fast they'll go now. How fast have you had it going? Oh, 214 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Closed course. 214 miles an hour. Of course. Wow, yeah. 200 in a car. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking nuts. Yeah. So when you look at your field of racing or your, your field of motorsports, when you look at other motorsports, because there has to be other forms of racing that you're looking at where you're like, that might be cool and you haven't done it, right? So like... Top fuel or something like that. Yeah. Are you looking? Have you looked at anything else that you haven't done yet, and you've been like, "Dude, that looks like fun. I want. I want to try that." I definitely. Um, you know, the, the the nice part about my particular sport um, that's challenging is you know you're in paint shaker for six hours. Right. It's really even though 
the truck is capable of a lot and it can go through really big bumps at a high rate of speed, you're still bouncing around like crazy yeah. for for a long time. So there's it's physically, you know, like uh, taxing. Um, it's amazing what the trucks can do. Um, my particular strength is in in car control because you know when when I started racing, I really did not like crashing. It's not fun, you know. Right. I'm probably, That's a fair statement. I yeah, think. it's I expensive. Probably, it's expensive. Yeah, I was probably more afraid of it than than most people. So um, I developed a lot more car control than even like some of the the top guys. Like sliding up next to you guys, there's probably maybe two guys that I would trust doing that. Probably one. I'd probably be like Robbie Gordon or something like that. But uh, most people on on the surfaces or on the the sections of Baja or the sections of certain race cars like Vegas Freedom and stuff like that, where uh, the consequences for going off the road are really severe. Right. Like blowing a corner is like a big problem. Uh, I tend to thrive in those areas because I have a, a lot of control over the manipulation of the vehicle, breaking distance and rotating, accelerating and, and leaving super hard. I'm super, super good at that. Um, be- better than, you know, 90, 90% of the field. There's only a couple guys that, there's only like two guys that can have a good, like vehicular fist fight with me in s- certain roads like that in Baja. So um, that's kind of where, that's kind of where I shine. And with, uh, the nice, the cool part about desert racing is you get one opportunity to hit the corner perfect every single time. And there's no corner that's like really the same. Right. And one area where I think that my strengths would uh, really benefit is in, in rally. Really? 100%. You know, they're not going to go through ditches at 85 miles an hour. Right. Or go through three and four foot bumps at 118 miles an hour. Um, but my ability to manipulate direction and control vehicles would transfer over there really well. I've actually, I drove a rally car about 10 years ago and it was awesome. You know, the, the truck is constantly disagreeing with me and, and my decisions when I'm trying to slide around corners, you know, that have bumps in them and there's a cliff right here and a rock wall right here. And I'm trying to make sure I keep it on the road yet be super efficient to have the longest straightaways that I can possibly, you know, get or, or use as much of the road as I can. Um, all that stuff transfers over to rally. Like when I drove rally car, it did everything I asked it to do. I mean, I was looking at, you know, reverse entry around barn, around a barn and, uh, uh, Team O'Ne Rally School, which they were oh, nice yeah. enough to let me drive like one of their real cars. It was super, super cool. Yeah. So foreign to me. I just want to go fast like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so this just says like getting you in a rally means the limitations are just getting you good notes and a good co-driver and you're going to excel yes. is essentially what you're saying. I think I, I think I do. I think I do pretty good, you know, and I got a really strong right foot, uh, not only like for hitting the gas, but for beating, for kicking ass. And I can't wait to kick Ken Block's ass one day. If I got to do that, that would be really, really fun. (laughs) I've I've looked at like, like the top fuel, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Like those guys and, you know, the short track, like really high speeds. And I'm like, 
do you ever look at stuff like that and go, "Now that'd be fun. I'd love to try that. Or is it more like, meh, whatever. I want to try something different, like long and strategy driven. There's like technique involved. Or is it like, I, does that I, even entice you at all? I, yeah, it, it, it does. Um, but it's not like for me, it's not as driver involved, uh, I, I would right. say, from from the aspect that I look at it. Yeah. And 100%, I'm not saying there's no driver involvement in sure. drag racing, but it's all done in four seconds. Yeah. You know, whereas my uh, work effort is in the hours, biggest races. Hours. Yeah, it's a marathon. Yeah. 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 My, like the Baja 1000, when, when we won it in 2012, it was 20 hours and 15 minutes. 20 when, hours. Yeah. When I won it in 2013, it was like, I think it was 16 hours. So there's a lot of like preserving your yeah. energy and being efficient. Um, and yeah, how do you get trained? Like, how do you, how do you work out? Like what's your, what's your daily workout look like for this? Because this is your fucking long, like marathon driver events. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to, to train for that in a truck because like a- after a race, you know, uh, uh, all powertrain comes out, uh, drivetrain, um, the rear end comes out, upper and lower control arms, spindles, um, all the steering components, uh, motor trans, all the shocks come off, every, all the hubs, everything gets rebuilt, all the brakes get rebuilt, and it gets reassembled. It takes about five or six weeks, um, depending on scheduling. And then we drive it for 50 miles, make sure everything works the way it's supposed to, and then we go racing. So we don't really have Nobody really has like a truck that is a uh, identical truck that they can go test because they only last for 1,100 miles before right. they have to be completely torn down. Really? Yeah. So, so everything, when you replace everything. Yeah. So are you replacing the engine? Like are you, what, everything? Uh, we're, we'll, we'll do like uh, leak downs, check compression. Uh, we'll do engine dyno and stuff like that. The engine lasts for for anywhere from 1,000 to 1,100 miles. Um, so we'll, we'll do rebuilds depending on uh, how many miles it's got on it, how many miles we did testing or did for, you know, some content production or whatever. Right. Um, if it's getting, like if it's got 900 miles on it and we have a 300 mile race, we'll put a fresh motor on it um, or a, a fresh motor in it. If it's, uh, if it's only got like 200 miles on it and we got a 500 mile race, we'll use the same engine. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into specifically this form of motorsports because it's the most abusive on materials and on equipment. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, it's, a, you know, depending on the mileage, it's, you know, anywhere from a six to 20 hour plane crash that never stops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So well, it's really, it seems like it's the most problem solving when it comes to driving because you look at top fuel, what is your driver, what is your driver's requirements to be good? Quick reaction times on shifting and maybe being as little weight as he can. I, I don't know. That's, I, that's why I'm asking. I'm like, asking what, too. Like, 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 well, uh, yeah, feathering and getting traction and, and being really quick in reaction time. So, like for like cross training, I, I don't. I don't really have that. Um, honestly, I I try and keep you know I try and keep myself in good shape, and I have you know a certain uh, directed exercises that kind of kind of benefit me in a certain aspect um i've done jiu-jitsu for 15 years that helps when uh you got guys that are trying to murder you right on, on the mat you don't typically get intimidated by somebody trying to 
you know, trying to battle in some kind of race where we're going through intersecting lines and, you yeah. know, one of the really good top level guys is trying to pass you. I don't really get intimidated by that at all because right. I've been choked by professional fighters for, you know, a very long time. And I've been like their, their test dummy when, when I work out and, and doing strength and conditioning with some guys that are pretty, pretty brutal. So, um, really for, from, for like a thousand or like a very long race, like a 500 or, uh, or Vegas Reno. I know it sounds silly, but, um, I'll leave for like, like when I came in the other night, I didn't get in until four o'clock in the morning and I did that by design, you know? So that's, I, I go to, I usually go to bed late. Right. Um, but not that late. So I will, uh, a road trip is really boring, really boring in comparison to, you know, going 136 miles an hour at 3 a.m. in right. Baja when you can't see 100 yards in front of you and it'll take 300 yards for you to get slowed down to hit something that's really big. So as it relates to like focus and attention, I kind of treat it the same way, even that, that even though there's not really any hazards that uh, like, like you have in racing on like a, a regular highway, but because it's so boring in comparison to having, you know, uh, being, being in a real race car and very loud and lots of stuff going on. Um, it does help with my mitigation of like fatigue, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. sleep deprivated, sleep yeah. deprivated driving and monitoring, you know, my endurance and, you know, my attention to detail and certain things helps. Have you ever had to poop yourself in a race because I feel like we're not <laughs> yeah, talking dude. about the biological functions. Oh, like man. You know, 22 hours. Or you, or you just like... You just piss them. Like, I, I used to just, like when I was younger and I was racing buggies, I, I, I didn't wear an uh, external catheter, but I, I've worn an external catheter for a long time. I just I pee on the floor and it goes out the bottom of the track. You don't want to do it like in a pit. Right. Because, uh, you know, your guys will dive under there and be like, something's leaking. And go, Fuck you, BJ. He's eating asparagus and drinking water the entire time. Like, uh, yeah. Like, how do you do number two, man? Like, uh, is that like jump out of the or car? Do you, just you make sure it's you done before it? you get in the truck. Yeah. But, at, but yeah. you know, if you're years and years into this, there's got to be like there a been Chipotle mishap. Yeah, yeah. A mishap. There's, yeah, there was one yeah. maybe. Um, but if you know, you know better, you know, tells you, you know, know that you, you're, 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 you're like loading up on MCT oil <laughs> and fucking kale shakes before you get in the truck. Empty your old system. Stop and get some sushi vending sushi vending machine in Vegas. You know, like, yeah. I haven't had it happen to where like I'm, I like need to go number two or take right. shit in, in the racetrack um, because I, I know a lot about and I've researched a lot about human performance and how the body works and biomechanics and everything else. Um, so I've never put myself in a position where that might be a possibility. But uh, my mentor uh, one time was uh, had an issue like that and he got out of the truck and he had shit sandwiched in between his shoulder blades. Oh, yeah, so I, that I, was a big problem. I literally oh. bring that up because you know, in the mill or anything like that, like there's been certain times for me is like doing overlands and that. Like you're in a vehicle for four or five hours, and who knows yeah. what defect food you just had and or the water to try to hydrate over like doing direct action stuff. Like you can't always control yeah. your biological functions, and it's not like you're going to stop an armed convoy to be like, 
hey guys, Wait specialist or sergeant best has to take a shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's all fucking do a video real quick yeah, and yeah. let's get out, pull security wallet, you know. So you have <laughs> yeah. to be creative in your uh your your oh, dear. your biological functions. You know what? I never thought of that. I never thought of like, you know, uh, you know, you guys being over there and you know, <laughs> oh, I know in the hornet's nest. Shit. I have a friend that tells a story. He was in a striker, he's the gunner, and mm-hmm. same thing. Went to fart, completely crapped himself on target. And it was like, yeah. you know, in there, in there on his gun, just taking like toilet paper. Every... <laughs> yeah. know, but it's like, yeah. you, you can't do anything else. You can't yeah. like, you're pulling security for a freaking assault force. Like, yeah. you can't every, be not in the gun. Every set of cries I had, had stains in them. Every set. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, because like I, I was living, I was living with uh, Afghani. And you were eating. And I was eating food. local food and they would, they would fill that thing up with so much uh, oil, like, yeah, oil like fat. goat fat and all these yeah. like, I mean, when that stuff would cool down, there was a layer of fat. I remember this, this red stuff. I loved it. It was amazing. No, it's it was like, the best. But when they it's so good. But do you know cool down? There's there's an inch and a half of fat on the yeah. top of that. So you'd have, you know, bread and this red sauce stuff, and I would just fucking devour it. I forget the name I of that. Saw so, it for three someone years. will know in the show. But <laughs> three years. It, it's like three that, years. It's that lamb bone broth where Dude, they just take so every good. part. It's the but best so thing good. ever with the God. bread in there. A but fire yeah. suit though, like getting it in your stall. Oh, dude, I'm yeah. just no, picturing like, that. Like, my, oh no. My freaking uh, Tacoma gun truck. Like I would literally put a fucking brown towel on that thing and be like, this is going to be a long day. Might as well prep. Especially <laughs> prep, my, prep my battle space here. Especially if you're like in a level seven or anything, like you yeah, can't break cracking. seal. Yeah. Like you can't break yeah. seal. Like you windows are up, you can't roll them down. Like you can't get out of the truck Giant if you're rolling AM, too guys. PM thermos in a bus. That would that one wasn't pretty. You would poop in your thermos? <laughs> no, no, that was the last resort. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. we were yeah. in a bus driving to the Grand Canyon. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so you no were, one wanted to stop. No. Oh. It brings back horrific <laughs> memories of how bad I've had to either take a shit or piss. I know. In the military That's the and worst. other stuff. It, because you're it ruins everything. Like, <laughs> you're like, you can't even think. No, People are trying to talk you're to you like, and you're, you're sweating, just like, and you're like, can you just leave me alone? <laughs> no. Just get the fuck away from me right now. <laughs> I don't want to hear bone broth. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Bone oh, yeah. broth. I remember like so many times I, I would like do like Murph like three times or whatever in a row, just like destroy myself. And I'd be like, all right, we got to go. And I'm like, Oh, dude, my legs don't even function right now. Yeah. I wasn't planning on moving for a couple of days. It's like, it's time to go. And it's like, when you ate, you like slam a bunch of shakes. And then you're like, my legs can't move because they're fucked. Like completely <laughs> fucked. And oh, my guts are full you're of like muscle protein. Like, <laughs> muscle, like yeah. muscle milk and like MCT yep. oil. And I'm like, oh, if we get in a gunfight, I'm not going to be able to move. <laughs> and I'm going to shit my pants for sure. Like I'm going to completely blow these things out. Like thousand percent. Well, we used to have that like specific stand down time. Hypothetically, it's just like six in the morning is stand down time because daylight stuff. So like I would get, you know, it would be like 515. I'm like, oh, there's nothing going on tonight. And I would yeah. chug like two scoops of freaking yeah. pre-workout and my pager would go off. And I'm like, oh, God, oh. I'm sitting in the shot. like, I'm going to fucking shoot everybody. Yeah, that's I'm like, okay, no more pre-workout until like I know within reason that we're not going out. <laughs> you know, shit you don't secret? think about. So do you take, are you, 
do you take anything while you're driving? I was just so, gonna, I was just gonna let you guys in. I was like secrets, like like no one knows about this. Oh, well, oh, oh then no one's no. gonna know well, after this either. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I know it sounds really silly, but when you have like really bad diarrhea, you're like fuck, dude. I mean, like you got to take Pepto-Bismol, yeah, and it like clears up, right? Well, when you don't have really bad diarrhea and you take Pepto-Bismol, you don't shit for like three days, two, turns, two or three. Turns, yeah, days. gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at the at the it's the charcoal. The yeah, yeah, yeah. At at the <laughs> at the end of the thousand, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go to the bathroom till the next day, and I would be like brutally, brutally brutal. Beaten. Yeah. You know, I would. Uh, and, and, you know, I would go to the bathroom then, but I think know. this is a great marketing campaign for yes. us. It's like, are you a trophy truck driver that took Pepto and can't shit? Black Rifle Coffee, help us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are very, very yeah. niche <laughs> commercials yeah. just for like, yeah. just for like, <laughs> oh, people, some guys finally like, sitting on the, that's me. PJ's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, I, yeah, of course. Like flying oak, that's what I use, you know, or whatever. Please <laughs> be right out. No Dude. charcoal. If you if you just activate charcoal, yeah, you can just put that, regular charcoal in water. I don't think that's yeah, hundred percent. Really? I've done it. Yeah, like for yeah. like barbecue. I was on a can. We were we yeah. were all out in the field, and I had the like horrible diarrhea. I couldn't stop. And the seer dude, you know, the first time seer guys ever did anything, walked over and was like, grabbed charcoal out of the fire, mixed it in this bottom of a water bottle. He's like, chug this. No shit, stopped. I was, wow, I was healthy like that. Wow, what got my color like? back. I mean, it was awful, but yeah, that's but yeah. that's what's it in Pepto Bismol. It's charcoal. Yeah. He also um, finished it off with a kiss, which could have very well that's kind of contributed nice. to it as well. The seer instructor it. just yeah. moved in on you. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> he's like, drink <laughs> this. Drink this. Why's your hand on my, why's your hand on my face? And then he got his belt out, put it around my neck. <laughs> I mean, Air Force seer people are colorful. They are they're colorful. colorful. Yeah, they're yeah, colorful. They're colorful yeah, people. That's that hilarious. So do you take your, um, well, do you take your you take your road trips, and I'm trying to be very sensitive to this, but there might be only one way to discuss it, which is yeah. how do you avoid getting tickets on road trips? Because there's no way you go within the speed limit. You told me one time, I think it was on our previous podcast, you've gotten like 40 tickets or something like that, like or 100, 200, 200 300. April. Right. <laughs> so you don't even avoid it. You just say no, fuck I it. Mean, yeah, I mean, kind of. I have like countermeasures and I know a lot about how law enforcement works and stuff like that. <laughs> I got a, a little experience, but, uh, and, you know, I, I joke around like, you know, most days I don't have a license. I've got three warrants right now. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, in, in my mind, because I'm, I'm kind of a psychopath. It's a small price to pay for having right. the freedom. And I, I don't ever put anybody in jeopardy. I don't like scare anybody. You'll never see sure. blowing past somebody at 140 miles an hour, um, which is primarily why like when I go on road trips and stuff like that, I travel at night. Right. I don't travel when there's a lot of cars out and my cars, uh, I always check. I do stuff that people don't do. I check tire pressure, you know, before I leave and make sure it's uh, adequate. I'm not talking about like good tire pressure. I'm like, I want to make sure it's got enough tire pressure to where the tire is not going to grow and deflect and lose contact patch after 200 miles an hour. Got it. So, uh, <laughs> and I could check tread depth. You know, right. I have uh, DOT approved road race tires on my, on my street car. Um, I know what surface I am on. I know the road. 
So it's not like I just see like, oh, this is kind of straight. Let's let's try and travel through time. No, it's not, it's not like that at all. I have all the intelligence and I am operating in the same parameters that I do with racing, whether I'm in traffic or it's, you know, 2 a.m. on a highway I know and I'm going 150, 160 miles an hour. So um, I have not followed a speed limit since 1996. And I get three tickets a year. Really? That's it? Yeah. So... You know, before I wow. pull, before I pull out of the driveway, I've done exhibition of power, waste of natural resource, exhibition of speed, reckless driving. So, um, and I don't, like I said, I don't do it to where anybody would see that and scare the hell out of them. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I don't believe the government's recommendation for speed and on, on like a highway, like how is this semi, uh, have the freedom to go 70 miles an hour when it's 95% in its ability and its capacity to travel at that rate of speed. Right. When uh, this particular platform that, that I drive, whether it be, uh, you know, a diesel truck that I'm driving that day or, or, or my car, like my car is designed to go over 200 miles an hour. And, and it will stop go, a lot faster too. It will stop a lot faster. The brakes are carbon ceramic. I got DOT approved road race tires that weighs 3,450 pounds. How do I have the same speed limit as something that weighs 120,000 pounds and this guy's been driving for 15 hours and he's extremely tired? Right. You know, so um, I, I just don't, I don't subscribe to that. I don't believe in that. I think it's stupid. I know it's a complex problem to solve to give people a little bit more freedom on the roadway mm-hmm. to have special licenses and special lanes for people to travel at a little bit higher rate of speed and have a little bit more f- fun. But truth of the matter is nobody follows the speed limit. I right. just exceed it by... A lot more than everybody else, but right. it's also like whether where you're at. Like it, there's no, there's no, it doesn't. I haven't been able to find a pattern. We did a podcast with Angry Cops about this. Like Washington State speed limits on all freeways are sixty miles an hour. Texas is majority eighty. Why? Yeah. Well, I don't think there is a rhyme or a reason. I think that there's probably well, it's just like all laws, right? It's like the one size fits all shoe for government, which is. You know, if they were all issuing us a shoe, it would fit a very small percentage of the people very well. And then everybody else, it just, it's either too big or too small. So that's it's either, a great way of putting it. That's law. Like that's just yeah. the way it is. Like it fits everybody. And I shouldn't say every, every law is like that, but like the majority of them are exactly like that. And then when they're making their decision, are they making their decision based on uh, data? Are they making it on safety? Are they making it based on, you know, a lobbyist that's been in their ear that's like, oh, I think this is the way it should be. I mean, there's so many different contributing factors. To this, like, yeah, it's, it's humans, right? It's like gun laws are a perfect example of that. It's like, how many fucking gun laws are on the books right now? That can... I mean, all of us are gunheads. Do we even yeah. know? Kinds of we weird... Don't, I don't know. It's weird. It is, and it's like, what, uh, well, yeah. like like a, a, you know, this stock is acceptable, but this one isn't because it's off your, by a fucking eighth of an inch or whatever. It's in like, your car, your magazine has to be in a different location. It, it, oh, yeah, like, what states. the fuck's the point then? Yeah. Like, what, what are you stopping with it? What problem are you solving with that law? The people that are making these laws know nothing about violence. Bingo, right? And I think the people that are making traffic laws know nothing, know about, nothing, know about, nothing about driving. Speed and they don't, has like, nothing like, to do with, like, mortality. And right. in my mind, I know people's like, watch me, like, man, he's dumb. No, speed has nothing to do with mortality. You know, a, a fatal collision uh, and on an inanimate object, uh, was it 10 years ago, it might be a little bit higher now, um, is 37 miles an hour. 
Right. So if you hit something that will not move or absorb impact in a regular production car, the average production car, at 37 miles an hour, you're going to get basal skull fracture and die instantly. It's kicking the cord out of the wall. So why don't we have a speed limit? If that's the case, why isn't the speed limit worldwide 36 miles an hour? Right. You know, so it's like, yeah, they, they don't know anything about the stuff that they're making laws. The, the short barrel rifle thing is one of the things that frustrates the hell out of me. I think it's so stupid. I think it is I so dumb. I completely agree. Because you, you know, the, the government is saying, well, if it's a short barrel rifle, uh, you know, we need to have it registered. We need to do all this stuff. You got to jump through all this hoops. You got to pay us all this money. Well, I'm trying to like, ballistically, I want a rifle, like you can make the argument that is less dangerous than a rifle that you don't need. Because yeah. a 16 inch, a barrel, a rifle with a 16 inch barrel has a higher muzzle velocity, has a way higher muzzle velocity. Uh, you know, kinetic energy transfer is way different. It'll go through way more stuff than a seven inch, you know, five, five, six. And right. It's way more accurate. It can reach out way farther. What? We have these laws from, from what I understand is from 1938 when somebody got in a gunfight with a Tommy gun and it was short and you can get it out a window. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I just don't understand why we have to do all that. And they don't ever give it back. No, 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 no. no I mean, that's uh, they, the they, same they, thing they that parallels the su suppressor conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, people truly believe that you can't hear them. I mean, unless you're like, know what you're really doing, shooting specific types of grain and subs and all blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But like, it at the baseline of that, it's for hearing sake. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for kids to be able to shoot and a little bit of recoil management and, and that whole conversation has just been taking in the and took in the wrong direction that well, I mean yeah, it but, goes back to the basic have... principle that we invented it and then they said no, nobody needs that unless it, you ask us. But that's the problem is that you have a bunch of people that want to tell other people what to do, right? Like that's, I mean, that's the, the premise of this, right? Is just power and control the, at the end of the day. It's like one section of people want to tell somebody else what to do. It could be speed limits. It could be, you know, whether or not it's suppressed, not suppressed, SBRs or whatever. Like if lawmakers didn't have anything to do, <laughs> Right. Well, they might be held accountable for all their actions, which would be totally different. Like, this, yeah, that'd that's, be a, weird. that's a completely different side conversation. <laughs> they might be actually held accountable for the yeah. shit that's going on. So <laughs> I was, my my integrally suppressed rifles that we have, because yeah. you you have one, I have one. I they're have fucking lots. awesome, right? Yeah. To your point, like I have a three hundred Win Mag integrally suppressed rifle. It is not quiet at all. Like no. They, they, but it they, is quieter. It's quieter. Like, you're not going to hear yeah. it. It's 10 miles away, yeah. which is super nice, by the way, because also noise pollution is a real thing. And when yeah. you go out into the middle of fucking nowhere, like, when I can't it's tell a big you how deal. many times I've been fucking hunting and God bless my Texas brethren, but, you know, my buddy will be next to me and he's like, hold on. I'm like running for my Peltors in the yeah. razor. Just boom. Yeah. Oh, you guys, like, oh my god there goes more of my hearing like it's, it's a different. lifelong injury dude you, like yeah. my hearing is probably You've, 60% of what it used to be yeah. you gotta what? placate what, <laughs> what the lion's what? share of people's experience and knowledge of weapons comes from Hollywood so when all of the 1980s was pew 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 they screw on a suppressor on like a 50 cal and it's, yeah. it's three inches long and then it's like completely quiet or they just like put a pillow 
over a yeah. pistol. And you're like, yeah. you know how fucking loud that would be? <laughs> a pillow's, a pillow's yeah. one baffle and it yeah. mutes the whole yeah. thing. And it's just like, but that's it. When, when that's all you know, then people are just like, hey, we need to ban suppressor. Well, that yeah. video yeah. games. That Good idea. Video games too. Yeah. I mean, the whole night. <laughs> so, yeah. none, of these, none of these people know anything about it. Like, yeah. you know, a, a, a silencer is super quiet. Okay. I know a guy really, really well. I see him every single day that used to test in his house. He used to do terminal ballistics in his house without a silencer. Uh, well, he told me. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Right. But uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, he may or may not have, uh, can I confirm or deny that he's shot 1,500 rounds inside of his house without a suppressor. And he knows both of his neighbors and they've never said shit. So, <laughs> like, in, right. in here... You and the person outside, I, I can dump four, five, six, seven, ten rounds in the corner right over there. The person that's walking the dog outside, the only person that's going to hear it is the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, so silencers, it's it's all you know situation dependent, but that's not that's not changing violence. You know, yeah, that's no, not no. making anybody safer. No, yeah. I don't know. And, I mean, and, and the gunheads that are purchasing like like a high end boutique type items like this, like comps and suppressors, and you know. We'll call it uh, higher end ammunition. Like these, these guys aren't out committing crimes. That's the other thing that people don't—they don't realize. Like this is not this population of people. They're not out committing crimes with these no, things. You can, like no. you don't go down and buy a silencer co or you know a dead air and think, oh well, this is going to be great for no man. This is this is going to be great for going out and recreating with. Like my, my, I just bought my daughter. Not so long ago, like she has an AI uh, six millimeter, like Accuracy International heavy barrel with oh, a suppressor, nice. right? The reason for that is because it's long, it's heavy, and it's quiet, and she can shoot out to a grand. My daughter can shoot this thing better than wow. like a, a pellet gun or anything else. It's quiet, it doesn't scare, it doesn't have any recoil. Like it's, you can bench it set it on the ground, put it on a bipod, put it on sandbags, whatever it might be, right? But it doesn't scare her and she can shoot out to, like, she can shoot out to a grand. But that's the thing. She's seven years old. The the largest misconception too is like when you're firing a larger firearm, it's usually not the recoil that's the most impactful. It's the overpressure from the brake or the muzzle. Like, just like most, because a lot of those have huge buffers. They're heavy. They they accept recoil pretty well on your shoulder. It's the freaking noise pollution that really rocks your head and gives Mm -hmm. you mild concussed, honestly, because you're eating so much overpressure and... Yeah, that even, even with hearing protection, you get it through your sinuses, sure. especially yeah. with like yeah. fifty cal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your body. Yeah. But I mean, it goes back to you can you can trace the data, and it's a cliff. When you look at the crime, violent crime committed by an American citizen that has legally purchased two or more firearms. Yeah, exactly. So, so then, what are these laws doing? Do you, what about CCW holders? We, yeah, zero. It's virtually zero. We, we could we call it less virtually zero crime than uh, law enforcement officers. On statistically, statistically speaking, so there should be what you guys are telling me is there should be a movement in America for people to get a CCW and to purchase multiple firearms, and we would eliminate crime. Yeah, re- re- reciprocity. Yeah. Pretty right? much. Look, look at all the states. All the states that have got these crazy gun laws where you can buy an assault rifle and you can have a CC, anybody can have a CCW. Okay, how do those the the violent crime in those states compare to states that are Chicago super super still restrictive? Them. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chicago still beats them. Chicago still you know, beats them. Predators, you know, are that's just go, one city. 
Yeah, exactly. Pre- predators are, are going to go where, you know, it's, it's easier to get whatever it is that they, they want. And they do that where it's less likely to have run into somebody that has a concealed carry. Right. I think the, the more you know about any subject, the more you're going to like deep dive into like specifically mm-hmm. firearms or driving safe handling, right? And the majority of guys that I know that are gun nuts are the safest law enforcement, military or civilian that are gun nuts are the safest people I've been around on ranges. It's usually the people that just aren't really into it. And they just like got this one thing. They're like, oh, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Those are the people that I'm like, okay, you need to like, this is, this is a tool, but you got to learn it just like a vehicle. Like you yeah. can't, you can't throw a 16 year old in some freaking 700 horsepower engine and be like, go, you know, yeah. you got to like learn your tools and, and, and it's weird to see a lot of those people in the firearms community, like me specifically, like, like this guy's a nut. And you're like, dude, I'm probably one of the most safest motherfuckers with the firearm, how I stow it, how I carry it, knowing my laws, you know, all that stuff. Right. But yeah, I don't, but we're, we're the guys getting discredited for it when I'm actually probably one of the guys that knows way more than the average person. Yeah. percent. I'm the same way, which is like, I understand the laws. I understand like the state that I'm traveling to and what the law is specifically regarding the state because it means something to me. Yeah. Like I don't want to be in a bucket of, you know, uh, criminal behavior with a firearm in any circumstance whatsoever because I truly respect one, my right to carry. And I also respect law enforcement to that, mm. to like, you know, so if we're traveling from state to state to state and I don't have reciprocity, depending on what I have, I get out and I do a little Google with my phone. Be like, all right, what well is it? And by now I know pretty much where I'm going and what I'm doing most of the time. So it's like, if you need to separate your magazine from your pistol or whatever it might be, then it's like one's in the glove compartment, one's here and you just got to do it. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous at times because you're like, okay, I just got to do it, but I got to do it because I don't want to break the law. And two, I don't want to have any blemish on, because I want to continue to buy firearms, yeah. right? So it's like, that's another yeah. important thing for me. I think with like- well, um, Jared and I got pulled over going to El Paso and we actually had a mutual friend with the law enforcement um, guy that pulled us over and we ended up having the last five minutes of our conversation because I was like, hey, I got a gun under my seat, mm-hmm. gave my seat. And he's like, awesome. What is it? I'm like, oh, dude, it's a custom 48. He's like, nice. Yeah. We built it. And we had like a five minute like conversation yeah. about custom yeah. guns. And he was like really cool. Like, you know, the second we rolled down the windows, I'm like, hey, man, got guns in the car. Just so you know, like, you know, yeah. law abiding system, blah, blah, blah. He was super rad about it. But it was just funny to see yeah. like the end portions of that conversation were about what kind of fire I'm yeah, I'm like, just oh, nice. Thing. You got a Glock yeah. you know, like. Yeah. yeah. It's like I had the. Like I had that SDI with uh, like a comp, an extended mag, and a flashlight or whatever. Same thing. It's yeah. like in Texas, and dude was like, "Is it the new SDI?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, you want to do like take it out? No shit." He's like standing by the road, like fucking. Oh wow, look at this thing, man! I love these things. Like I heard the Texas Rangers get these issued now. I'm like, yeah, that's what I I think. I do don't they know. really. <laughs> yeah, they do. Wow. So like, right. or the contrary with Fair Oaks PD, where they're just like, why why do you have why do you have a crossbow and a shotgun? <laughs> Uh, because we were filming a, a commercial. What's that? Why would you do that? Why would you do a commercial? <laughs> like, like, we are a coffee company. <laughs> we like crossbows and guns. And last time I checked, they're uh, still I, legal. And it was only nine. Like, the guys like speed trap. That's their only purpose. Like, of their PD is a speed trap by the school. It was nine thirty at night, and those shit. They were like, 
Why are you guys uh, out so late? That's We're like, the best <laughs> I'm 40 years old, man. It's 930. What do you well, mean? Well, why? What's this that, crossbow that, and this gun in the like, back? Yeah. Hey, to their defense, mildly, that Fair Oaks area into Bandera and stuff, there are so many fucking poachers, like, not changing course oh, here. Oh, is it poaching? Is that oh, what they worry about? Oh, bro, dude. So one of, one of my neighbors is good friends with um, this rancher that lives probably within 10 minutes of me. One of my no. good friends good yeah, throws yeah, yeah. out Just, at night. Yeah, yeah. Hang out at night sometimes. But dude, there, was, there was a no shit professional hit on one of his buddy's ranches. These what? dudes broke in Whoa. through a gate, pulled in, and executed two trophy whitetails. I think they were like plus 300 high fence SCI deer. Like, you think? No, no, I saw the photos. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Oh. Yeah, my there was like, a- where'd you get those nice Euro mounts? <laughs> no, but like they, dude, I saw the photos. Like they like executed them, these freaking deer, and then chopped the heads off, left the ear tags and everything because they're worried about GPS tracking units oh potentially in the ear tags. Like, so like that's a big part, I think. So they just the wanted the meat out there. No, no, they want the, the antlers. Yeah. Oh. Okay. A, a, like if you have a high fence, let's just say 300 SCI deer, dependent on the the ranch and what their their rates are, bro, you're looking at like anywhere from twelve to eighteen thousand yeah. dollars. Like yeah. that's fucking gold. It really yeah. is. Oh, and so yeah. these poachers will come out there, resell them to other places, and they'll make you know four or five thousand dollars off the, the the antlers. It's oh it's, wow, yeah, it's no joke. Okay. And so I think a lot of people like when you're just cruising around the back of the truck guns because you see. I've seen it plenty of times, even where I live, like you'll be driving by an axis and there's just this massive body dead in the road. Its head's chopped off. Now, I don't know if they shop at a ranch and just kick the deer out, but I'm like, bro, why you got to waste the meat, dude? Don't be an asshole. Um, so like there, the there's meat. some definite, right? definite people up there that are. It does go to feed the turkey vultures. True. You know? It is yeah, a it circle doesn't go with, come, It's a circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of stardust. You know? I, 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 I can I get where you're coming from where he, that officer was like, now now I understand a little bit better where he was like, hey, you know, what is all this stuff for? I've got one better than that. I got pulled over one time and gave him a license registration. He says, what's the screwdriver for? What? <laughs> and I was looking at it and I'm like, I don't know, screwing. How did this guy become a law enforcement officer. He's <laughs> definitely not going to make detective. And I just, I just turned toward him and I said, it's for driving screws. <laughs> like self-explanatory. Right? Yeah. But he was like, he was, he was a younger guy, but I got a good laugh out of it. And, you know, but I've had, a, I've been pulled over a couple of times where it's, you know, they're like, what's that? You know, but see, I'm just going to be defensive law enforcement. I'm gonna do yeah, you know, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm done with that too. I, I feel, uh, I've, there's some videos out there on YouTube where he, Law enforcement officers ask really fucking stupid questions on purpose. Yeah. Because there's this one, it was from years ago training. I think I was actually contracting when they showed this video, but the the law enforcement officers interviewing someone, they're like, hey, uh, do you have any drugs, um, illegal firearms, uh, any unicorns or any um, like alcohol open bottles? And he's like, none of those, sir. So he cues off right there going, this motherfucker didn't Suspects. go, did you just ask me about yeah. having a unicorn hey, in my car? Do you have any illegal firearms, drugs, unicorns? Or, turning out yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, angry yeah. cops talked about that. Yeah, I, yeah. So, I mean, it, may, it makes sense to be like, because I feel like if I was a freaking cop, I would probably troll people. Like, oh, I've yeah, got yeah, unicorn I've got meat. Yeah, you have any unicorn I've meat? got unicorn jerky. Like, no, no, uni- no unicorn meat. And you're like, 
you're fucking weird, bro. You're got a unicorn dick on ice in the back. Probably like five times I've asked, like they've asked, you know, do you have, you know, any any of that or grenade launchers or anything like that? I don't have any of that. I haven't been drinking. I have one grenade launcher, you know, like give it back to them. Yeah, give it back to them. That's pretty funny. It's not my car, but I do own a grenade launcher. I, I would invite law enforcement to to ask me those questions. Do you have any unicorn meat or grenade launchers in there? Yes, like, yeah. please. Honestly, it's 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50-50, man. Let me go ahead and blood. start digging through the back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got kids. <laughs> and by the way, BJ, you were talking about Evan's Raptor. And so what I had mm-hmm. to one up and do was because they're really hard to find the Raptors right Ooh, now. Humble they, Matt's coming out right I now. I got mine. I, I, bought a, I bought a Dodge TRX. I, I, I worked <laughs> out how to get it. Um, get on this <laughs> camera, please. Get on this camera. I need to see I that. I said him the other day, it was where inside the engine and inside the car, there's a picture of a dead, dead Raptor with a T-Rex in yeah. the mouth. Because all my I friends have Raptors. Like, like all oh, of yeah. them. So... Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that dude, the amount of like stuff. What do you mean, all my friends? You traded your raptor in for this. <laughs> you are all your friends. I know, but I had to one up them because I'm super humble and never we want were, to be on top. We were at uh, well, JT and I went up to do Rogan's show like a month ago, mm-hmm. whenever it was, and it was like a kid in a candy store because we were talking about about cars mm-hmm. and I'm building this Bronco that's like 850 horse like it's fucking nasty it's like this yeah. fucking badass like 69 Bronco looks like a 69 Bronco but it's <laughs> definitely not and uh, and Rogue's like oh you like cars I was like I like cars yeah. they're cool yeah. you know and he's like dude yeah. I got a Hennessy uh, TRX out here and so he's like goes out oh, and it's, like 900, it's like 900 oh, horse yeah, yeah. He's like, Whatever, fires Rogan. it up. Whatever, man. It is the Hennessy so awesome. Dude, it, well, he... I don't need more than 700 horsepower. That thing might already... Those freaking... This Bronco is light as shit, and it's 850. Like, oh, the, I'll show you the dyno. It's fucking It'll nasty. It'll make clouds. Yeah, it's yeah. nasty. Yeah. Those, those new... They have the apps now. I think one of them is called Uconnect on the Dodges, but it runs analytics on your engine. And if there's an issue, it texts it directly to the dealer and they'll like, so it's doing oh, shit. Fully, Telemetry. Like, it knows everything like tire pressure. I mean, most cars do that, but it's like, it's running analytics and startup every single time. And it's telling you that everything's good with the car. So like, you don't have to do really any more of the guesswork, mm-hmm. especially for a guy like me that doesn't like really know how to work on cars, like professionals. So it's fucking cool. I can't believe so we're there where we're like, they're updating like, <laughs> Telemetry on, yeah. you know, fuel curve and all this. Hey, stuff. you need an oil change, and you need a new spark plug in cylinder three. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's crazy. And the funny thing is, is like I started building this Bronco like a year ago, probably give or take six months ago, and I went so woke in the last few months. I went. Is I have an M, I have an M two. <laughs> Like pendulum mount for the roll cage, so I can okay, put so a fifty. I put a fucking. I, I bought a fucking fifty cal <laughs> pendulum mount on Good. the roll cage, Good. so I can take You're the like, top fuck off. The internet and like heck, and then I've got STI. I've got custom box uh, magnet pistol boxes on the interior for STIs, and then SBR mounts for the back, so we can take the top off and have. A full 50 cal on the top with SBR mounts and then STI pistol okay. mounts You're on the really interior. You're really interesting leftist. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. I went yeah, woke are. and I was like, I don't need a 50 cal mount for my Bronco. I need a Bronco Oh my God. I'm glad. So you went an M2. I was thinking about putting a 46 on top of my Chevy C10. I went full I a 1972 C10 Chevy that I bought. Oh, it's, hell yeah. It's gangster. Um, but I was going to do a belt fit on there because the truck's a little lighter. Yeah. It's got coil springs. So kind of Why not do a double belt fit mount? Huh? 
Just a, a, a double belt fin mount with a butterfly trigger. That is true. You can do the, the butterfly on double. <laughs> See where you're at? I like this. Yeah. I like this. It's if I ever big. do this, I'm doing an M134. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I like that. Well, well welcome to the team. That. Welcome right? to the team, BJ. It's been awesome. I feel like I'm home. Yeah. You're home. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy!